listening to the Thriving Nurse Podcast. I'm your host, Abby Sanchez, and this is episode 144, Progress Versus Perfection. Did you know your nursing dream job is out there? But it's not something you find. It's something you create. And I can show you how. I'm Abby Sanchez, and I'm a life coach for nurses. Using my experience at the bedside, along with my psychology degree, I help nurses build confidence, manage overwhelm, and fall in love or back in love with being a nurse. So come along with me and I'll help you create the career and life you crave. You ready? Let's go. Hey there, my friends. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, we're going to talk about progress versus perfection. Where are my fellow perfectionists at? You guys know I'm a recovering perfectionist and I have come so far but it's always fun to see progress, right? <laughs> I'm not perfect at overcoming my perfectionism, but I'm making progress. And that's what I wanna help you do today with whatever area of your life you're feeling stalled out in because you're expecting perfection from yourself. Because that's the problem with perfectionism. We slow down, we stop, we hold ourselves back because we can't achieve perfection. And so we just don't do so many things in our lives because we know we can't do it perfectly. Or if we try, if we try to do those things anyway, it's just a miserable experience because we're beating ourselves up the whole time. So whatever it is for you, whatever area you're nitpicking yourself in, you're expecting perfection, or you're too scared to even take steps forward, you're kind of stalled out, I want to help you with that today. So I started thinking about this because of my house being messy. So I invented this little game because sometimes I don't feel like cleaning, especially when I just get the kids to bed and I'm like, oh yes, I'm done for the day. And then I come downstairs and the kitchen's a mess. I just don't feel like cleaning. And so sometimes I don't, sometimes I just let it stay there and go do other things, work on podcast episodes or watch Netflix or hang out with my husband or talk to a friend. And I just don't clean the house because I'm like, I don't have the time to clean. It is so messy. It's going to take forever or I just don't have the energy. So here's what I started to do. I invented this fun little game that I call no BS cleaning. What I do is instead of telling myself I'm going to clean until the kitchen's clean, until the playroom's clean, until the whole house is clean, I say, I'm just going to set a timer on my phone for 10 minutes and I'm going to clean for that 10 minutes. When the timer goes off, no matter what's left. I'm, I can just stop. And I do sometimes, sometimes I want to keep cleaning. I get that momentum going, but other times I'm like 10 minutes is done. That's what I said I was going to do. Awesome. Good job, me. And the thing I realized with this is one part of the reason I wasn't cleaning before wasn't because I didn't have the time. It's because I was telling myself that story that I had to clean perfectly, that I had to get it all done instead of just doing a little bit. So it was that all or nothing thinking that we know is one of the core signs of perfectionism, right? So once I told myself, I don't have to do it all. I just have to do 10 minutes. Then I got that momentum going. But then the other thing with doing this is I have to be okay with it being imperfect because after that 10 minutes, the house probably isn't going to be spotless unless I was doing a really good job the whole day keeping it clean. Then 10 minutes might not be enough to get everything in perfect condition, right? So after that 10 minutes, 
if I'm going to genuinely just go relax and appreciate myself, I have to be okay with the floor not being swept or there still being a few pots and pans in the sink. But the thing is, that's so much better, right? Than what it was before. Than this giant mess in the kitchen, I can either just leave that there or I can be okay with imperfection, but progress right? With the kitchen being much better than it was, but still not perfect. And so if you're struggling with perfectionism in your life, imagine what you could accomplish if you were willing to take imperfect, but consistent action. As I was thinking about this, I was like, that's how I built my coaching practice. That's how I do these podcasts every week and how I started Bold Nurse Society and built a website and did all these things. It wasn't because I was doing everything perfectly along the way. It's because I was willing to take imperfect but consistent action. So what if you are willing to do that in your life with studying for your certification exam? What if instead of saying, I need to sit down for an hour every night and study, you were like, I'm just going to do 10 minutes or 15 minutes. If you were willing to take imperfect, consistent action, maybe sometimes that study time was going to be interrupted by your kids, or you were going to be on the tram while you were studying. And so it was kind of disrupted, right? Like it can be imperfect. But doing it, even though it's imperfect, is going to help you learn more and get closer to your goal than just not doing anything because you can't do it in the ideal condition. Or with exercising. This is something that I constantly have to remind myself of because I do have all or nothing thinking when it comes to exercising if I just go on default. So the other day I did this same thing with exercise that I was doing with cleaning the kitchen. I was like, I just have to exercise for 10 minutes. It was actually eight minutes. It was one exercise video. I was like, I'm going to put on this YouTube exercise video for doing some lower back workouts. It's eight minutes long. That's all I have to do today. I didn't even work up a sweat. It was wonderful. But I was like, okay, that's better than doing nothing. So if we can embrace progress over perfection and take imperfect but consistent action, there's so much we can accomplish because those imperfect, consistent actions add up. So today, we're gonna bust the myth of perfectionism. So here's why I used to believe in perfectionism. I used to consider myself a perfectionist, right? I still consider myself a recovering perfectionist, but I kind of prided myself on being a perfectionist in the past. I kind of thought it was noble, like, Oh, but I'm such a perfectionist, <laughs> right? Like I didn't act all pretentious to anybody, I don't think. But in my mind, I was kind of like, it's a good thing to be a perfectionist. Like, yes, it drives me crazy sometimes, but it means I do quality work. I'm doing a good job. It's noble. It's something to be proud of. It's a desirable characteristic. And today I want to bust that myth wide open and totally turn the tables on perfectionism. Because I don't think perfectionism is a desirable trait. I don't think it's something to be proud of or something that's noble. I think perfectionism is delusional. It's delusional. Doing anything 
perfectly is impossible. So like, I want you to think of a patient who's legitimately delusional. And this is not to like make fun of anybody, but think about like, if you had a patient who was saying, whenever I pee, I want you to save the pee because I think it's going to turn into gold. We wouldn't be like, wow, I'm so proud of them. Right? We'd be like, that's delusional. That's not going to happen. That's not possible. Now, you're probably not going to say that to the patient, but that's what you'd be thinking. It's not like, oh, how wonderful they think the pee is going to turn into gold. That's so noble. What a desirable characteristic. No, being delusional is not something we're aiming for. And that's how I want you to start thinking about perfectionism, because I think so many of us believe it's this desirable trait, and I want you to know it's delusional. It's not even possible. Now, maybe sometimes you do something and you're like, oh, but I did do that perfectly, right? Like maybe in nursing school, you got 100% on a test. Okay, you did that test perfectly, but you're not perfect as far as your knowledge goes of that material. So I wouldn't say that you achieved perfection. I would say you fooled them (laughs) or you got lucky, right? They asked the questions that you happen to know the answer to. But if we expect perfection, then there's still that fear. What if then they ask me a question that I don't know the answer to? Because that's bound to happen one of these times, right? We're going to forget the things that we studied in our textbooks and heard in class. And we're going to get the answer wrong sometimes. So you did it on that one test. But that doesn't mean your knowledge is perfect. It just means you studied the right material. And the way they worded the questions, you understood what they were trying to ask and what they were getting at. And you interpreted it the way they intended. And you interpreted the answers the way they intended. So you happen to get the answers right but you're still not perfect in that area, right? And so expecting perfection is actually not possible. And it fills us with fear, that fear that they're going to ask the question and we're not going to know the answer, or that fear that we can't go and take our certification test yet because we might not do good enough, or we can't go back to school because maybe we're not going to get all A's. But if we're okay with it not being perfect, with even failing the certification test, if we're like, I'm going to study, but if I fail, that's okay. I'm going to go back to school, and if I don't get straight A's, that's okay. That's when we start moving forward. Another reason we hold on to perfectionism is because we're worried that other people are going to judge us. So earlier tonight, I was doing that little game with myself, the no BS cleaning, and I was posting about it on my Instagram stories because I think it's a cool little trick, and I wanted to share it with people. But to really give the full effect of how much you can get done in 10 minutes, I took a little video of my kitchen before I had cleaned anything. And it was seriously like messy. I didn't even close the cabinets. I left it wide open just exactly as the kitchen was when I came downstairs from putting my kids to bed. And then I did my 10 minutes of cleaning and took another video to show the before and after. But before I posted this video, I was a little bit nervous. Like there was a little voice in the back of my mind that was like, people might judge you for this. They might judge you for this before picture with how messy your house is. And they might even judge you for this after picture because it's not perfectly clean. 
And when I had this little thought come across my mind, I thought about not posting it. I had this other thought that was, if they're going to judge me for that, imagine how much they're judging themselves. And I posted it because I think that is so true. If people are judging you in social situations, if you are kind of awkward or you do something and they think you're awkward, if they think you should have done things differently, they're probably judging themselves in a very similar way, right? Because it's not that they just have that standard for everybody else. They're holding themselves to that standard. And maybe you don't see it all the time, but that's probably the truth, right? If people are judging you for not being pretty enough, for not having makeup on and whatever, imagine how much they're judging themselves for that same thing. And maybe that judgment towards themselves means they always have makeup on, but that judgment is still there. They're covering up that insecurity and that judgment by making sure they always fall in line so that they don't have to judge themselves. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with preferring to wear makeup, but that's just one example of how sometimes we're covering up our insecurities and we're judging other people for those insecurities we have ourselves. So it could be makeup, it could be the house being clean, it could be intelligence or social skills, it could be anything. But often people don't just judge others without also judging themselves in a very similar way. And so that thought brought a lot of comfort to me. Not that I wish anyone else would have these insecurities, but I guess it brought more compassion to think, okay, if they're going to judge me, that's okay because they're judging themselves too. And so I just felt that compassion, that like unity with them. Like, oh, we both have these insecurities. We're not that different. And that's okay. I give them permission. Okay, so here's the thing. Let's go back to perfectionism being delusional. So if perfection is delusional and we shouldn't aim for perfectionism because it's not even possible, then what should we aim for? A lot of times people say, well, I'm just going to do my best, right? They're like, I know I can't do it perfectly, but I should do my best. And While that thought sounds really lovely, because that does sound noble, right? Maybe that does sound like that's something I should be proud of. I'm doing my best. I think that's kind of exhausting and not necessary most of the time. I don't do my best on my podcast episodes. If I was doing my best, I would spend hours and hours hours planning them out and trying out different stories and re-recording all of the audio and really getting fixated on if the audio is perfect. And I would spend so much time doing it. It would be exhausting. So I don't do my best on the podcast episodes. Or making dinner. Should you always do your best when you're making dinner? If I was doing my best... Every time I made dinner, again, it would be exhausting because I'd be planning an elaborate meal and I'd be really taking my time, like doing every step and trying out different recipes and trying to be like this gourmet chef. That's like Thanksgiving or Christmas. 
I don't even know if I'd say I do my best on those holidays, but I give it a solid effort. And if I was doing that every single day of the year, trying to cook like it was Thanksgiving or Christmas, I would be exhausted. That is just not necessary. I like dinner to taste good. I like healthy, fresh meals. I like new recipes, but it doesn't have to be my best all the time. And even as a nurse, now this is going to make a lot of you really uncomfortable. You don't have to do your best as a nurse. Does that freak you out a little bit? Now, I want to be careful here because I'm not encouraging anyone to like go drop all safety precautions and go rogue, but you don't have to do your best. I don't do my best as a nurse. If I was doing my best for my patients, like think about what that would even look like. I'd be in there giving my patients back massages and offering essential oils and cleaning up their room, like getting it spotless and organized. I'd be sitting down and chatting with them and asking them all these questions about their fears and their concerns and really trying to connect with them. And my charting would be meticulous. Like I do some of those things, but not my best of those things. I incorporate those things into my care, but I'm asking them those questions while I'm giving them their meds, you know, about their day and about their concerns and all of that. It's not my best. Now, sometimes I do feel like it requires my best. Maybe if there is a patient really struggling, then I do take that time to stop all other tasks and talk to them and connect with them. But that's more rare. That's not every single patient every night. Even with safety, it's not my very best, you guys. And I know I can feel you guys squirming as I say this, but it's not my best. Like if I have a patient who has dementia and they're jumping out of bed, my best to keep them safe would be turning into a one-to-one, even if that's not what's asked of me. But I don't do that. I maybe make a request for a one-to-one or try to get a telesitter. But with those things aside, I respond to bed alarms. And if I need to, I get an order for restraints or something, right? Like I am giving my patients, all my patients, the care that they need. And I can't just be there for that one patient giving them my best. So I think this idea of giving our best and doing our best is exhausting and we still can't live up to it because our best is pretty dang good, you guys. If we were doing our best all the time, we'd only be able to do one thing our best or two things our best, but it's not possible to do everything your best. You're spread too thin. It's almost the same as perfectionism where it's like, that's just delusional. You can't always do your best. It's exhausting to try to do your best. It's not noble. You're just wearing yourself out. So what I do is I do good enough. I do good enough on my podcast episodes. I share some ideas. I do plan and think through it and try to brainstorm some stories or analogies and and interesting ways to present it. But it's not my best. It's good enough, right? It's good enough to help people. And with dinner, 
I do good enough. I do good enough that I like to eat it. My husband likes to eat it. My kids hopefully will eat some of it. (laughs) It gets us full. It gives our body the energy it needs. To me, that's good enough. And we enjoy it too. That's good enough for me. And as a nurse, the care I give is good enough. Now you have to decide what that means for you. What is good enough? And it's going to be different for different things, right? Like I was talking about safety. If I'm changing a pick line dressing, then good enough does have a pretty high standard, right? Like I'm going to keep sterile technique the best I can. And I'm going to follow the protocol for that. So good enough might be different in one situation than another, right? Good enough might be 90% of your best in one situation. It might be 30% of your best in another. So you get to make that call. What is good enough? What does that look like? What does that even mean? And as you're trying to decide which category things go in, like, should that be my best? Should that be good enough? Like, what should I be aiming for here? There's not a right answer. We aren't all going to have an identical list. And it's not even about how high of a priority something is. So a lot of us think if it's about safety, then it should be doing my best, right? But maybe not. What it is about is when you think in my head, I have to do this my best, or I have to do this just good enough. Or even you might think this isn't that important. How do those thoughts cause you to show up? What outcomes do you get from those thoughts? Like, play with this. Imagine if you're thinking this is so important and it totally freaks you out to think that. And so then you're fumbling and making mistakes and creating all these safety hazards for your patients. Is it really good that you're thinking this is so important? No, it would be better for you to think this doesn't really matter. And then you chill out and you actually provide safer care. So you see what I mean? It's not about where it falls. There's no truth here. Like this is this high of a priority. So I have to label it as I need to do my best on this, or this is really important. If you show up more effectively and you're calmer and more organized and provide better care or move forward on your goals from a healthier space, thinking this isn't that important, then by all means, Tell yourself this isn't that important forever. It's about the outcomes that thought leads you to. Kind of crazy, huh? It's kind of fun to think about it that way. Instead of telling ourselves it has to be perfect, which paralyzes us, which causes us to operate from fear. Now, one last thing I want to talk about here is when you do make mistakes, When you're like, that actually wasn't even good enough, right? I was aiming for good enough and it wasn't. Like my patient had a fall or I messed up on this medication or I yelled at my kids or I failed the test, right? We're like, that actually wasn't good enough. In those situations, what I like to tell myself is it was perfectly imperfect. 
I'll be real with myself. I'll be like, I wasn't aiming for that outcome. I was trying to prevent that outcome, right? Like my patient falling, I don't want that to happen. Or I don't want to mess up on medication. Or I don't want to fail a test. I don't want those things to happen. But I just decide to believe that was the perfect mistake for me to make. And I might not know why. And even though I wouldn't have sought it out, that's what needed to happen. It needed to happen for me to learn from. It needed to happen for other people to learn from. It needed to happen to create some situation down the road that I don't even know right now. Like, this patient needed to have a fall here because they're going to stay in the hospital a little bit longer instead of going to this sniff where there's actually going to be a COVID outbreak in a week when they would have been there. We don't know. So you can just decide to believe that even though you're sorry for what happened, even though you're disappointed, you might grieve what happened, you're going to feel remorse for it, you can also decide this is what was supposed to happen. It's perfectly imperfect. And now I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep taking more imperfect, consistent action. And hopefully it's going to be good enough. But when it's not, I'm going to love myself anyway. I'm going to learn from it. And I'm going to keep moving forward. All right, you guys, let's stop being delusional. It's crazy to expect perfection from ourselves or from anybody else. Perfection isn't the goal. Let's just be messy humans and do some awesome things. Keep moving forward. Keep helping people. Keep learning and growing and having awesome experiences that you'd be holding yourself back from if you expected perfection. All right, my friends, have a beautiful week. Thanks for being here with me today. I'll talk to you later. Take care.